Hello and welcome to another episode of the In Their 20s podcast, the best podcast for people in their 20s. As always, make sure you are following us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to get notified when a new podcast is released. As always, this series is hosted by Landon Campbell and Michael Holmes. And on today's episode, we have a very special guest, Amir Bader, who is the founder and CEO of Upkey. On this episode, we discuss with Amir his journey into America and how his company, Upkey, is reinventing the job market. Let's go ahead and jump into this interview with Amir. We feel the best place to begin for this interview would be to go back. Um, you know, you're 17 years old. You recently leave your home country to begin a new journey in America. What was it like coming to America um, in those first few years, that transition? What did you experience? You know, Iran, as you all know, is not really the top 10 vacation destination these days. And it's, um, it's, it's just not a greatest place for, for, for especially a lot of youth. Um, and so I grew up kind of always wanting to just get out. And when we had the opportunity presented to us, um, I couldn't leave because I was 17. And when you turn 17, the Iranian government doesn't allow you to leave until you stay, serve a two-year military term and then go, um, or they'll give you a passport after that. And so my brother was younger than me. Obviously, I didn't want to ruin his life. And so we've all agreed that he should leave with my dad. And so I stayed behind. Um, But, you know, when you're 17 and you're just full of hormones and excitement, you're like, uh, there's no way I'm going to stay in this place. And so months later, I basically planned my own escape. And my grandma, God bless her soul, she was, she was kind of an entrepreneur and a risk taker because I know my dad is not going to help me. But my grandma was like, I'll help you. And so with the help of my grandma, she gave me $5,000. We found a guide. And the guide basically helped me kind of cross the border and go to Turkey and then Germany. And eventually I got to O'Hare. Um, this is like May of 2001. Um, so I arrive at O'Hare. Um, I had a hundred bucks and an address and, you know, didn't speak a word of English, had the whole unibra, was just like super foreign, lost in the corner of the airport. And this kind stranger walks up to me. I think he sees that I'm like literally about to cry. And he's like, hey, like, um, are, you, are you Persian? I said, yeah. I, He's like, you seem lost. What can I do for you? And so he helps me find my way, puts me in a taxi, pays for the taxi, says, take this kid home. So just a kind of a nice event that could happen to anyone, any teenager. Um, but then a couple of months later, we ended up staying in Chicago and there's a Persian Mediterranean restaurant called Reza's. And um, I, I was a busboy there. That was my first job, you know, learning English and trying to figure out if, where I should go to school and stuff. And so I'm busing tables. It's like 9.30 PM. I'm closing up my shift. And I see the same guy who helped me at the airport sitting across the table from me with his wife drinking a glass of wine. And so I run into him and give him a hug. I almost start crying. And so we kind of connect, obviously, because he helped me months before at the airport. But it's funny because it happened that that restaurant was his favorite restaurant. So I started seeing him once every week or once every couple of weeks. And so we kind of little by little connect. And so, you know, I'm, I'm learning English. I've become a server and then an assistant manager and her manager. And so sometimes we sit down, you know, have a glass of wine and he starts to become this like window to the professional world for me, because as a foreigner, you know, I didn't really have a lot of plugins here. I went to UIC and as you all know, UIC is a really diverse school. Mm-hmm. And I also watched so many other students, not just the ones that weren't born here, but even the ones that from minority 
backgrounds, maybe they had single parents or from the west side or south side of Chicago, didn't have a lot of resources, really kind of struggle with some of these basic kind of like, what is my map from point A to point B through this transition? Uh, like, how do I, is this a good resume? Is that a good interview question? How do I research this company? What the hell is an elevator pitch? And so this guy really was there for me, obviously. And so one of the things that really stayed with me is that, you know, I wish I could recreate this airport event for every mm -hmm. student because um, years later, because of this guy's introduction, I ended up getting a job at Exelon. And so if it wasn't for this guy, Exelon would never hire me because Exelon back then wasn't hiring from tier two universities. UIC happened to be a tier two university. I was like a 3.3. So I was below the cutoff line. But because this guy was like a senior vice president or whatever, they gave me a shot. Um, but if you think about that kind of 10 year, 12 year journey from like an airport to Exelon, like those things are just too important to be left to luck. And so um, that stayed with me. And so I, when I started at Exelon, I was in finance group strategy. I was doing MPV analysis and valuation and all that stuff. But then little by little, I moved towards, you know, doing little volunteering work in HR and things like that. But I started a nonprofit um, and my nonprofit essentially would find these events, kind of like my airport event. I tried to recreate that, that would connect professionals with students. Um, and so the kind of whole event thing started to pick up. So I would do like two events a week while doing a full-time job to the point where I started to get on the radar of some of these executives. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm dragging the story, but it's related to upkeep because um, at some point I ran into the previous CEO of Exelon, John Rowe. And it was one of those elevator moments where he was like, hey, I've heard your name. And I was like, I've heard yours, sir. And he's like, you're that kid that is crazy about diversity. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, you know, why don't you send me some ideas on what we can do as a firm to expand our diversity? And this is like years ago. Um, you know, diversity wasn't really a business imperative back then. It was just the right thing to do. Um, now I feel like thankfully there's a shift where it's not just, uh, it's not just the right thing to do. It's actually the smartest thing to do. So I had a couple ideas. One of them was intriguing enough and I got lucky again. And like a year and a half later, I was leading the diversity office, the external diversity office for Exelon. And so for three and a half years, I was getting my MBA from Booth. I was leading this kind of diversity initiative where essentially we were looking at Fortune 500s and asking questions like, why is it that we spend so much money on recruiting, but we keep sucking at diversifying our pipelines and we keep going to like the first 10 schools and call it their fit schools. Um, so long story short, Upkey is really kind of a brainchild of both of those experiences. On the student side, how do we help students to have a better transition? And essentially, how do we give students and navigation to go through their professional journey. Like you wouldn't drive to a destination without a map. So why would you go through this professional journey without having a really good map from an earlier age when you're 16, 17, not when you're a senior in college. And then on the enterprise side, how do we help them not just look at GPA and socioeconomic background, but look at things like grit and perseverance and personality and expand their reach to a much more engaged pool and be able to get in front of these students much earlier and build those pipelines about, um, that are excited about their brands. And then I guess a, a little bit more about upkeep because really that's what your idea manifested into today. Uh, you talk about upkeep's mission, kind of how are you accomplishing that mission? What, what are you putting in place with upkeep now 
that's allowing you to connect these students and prepare these students for a career or an internship? Uh, so there's a couple philosophies that we, we have at a, as a cornerstone of what we, everything we do. One of them is that if you can democratize content and deliver it in a way that a 16, 17, 18, 19 year old wants to kind of connect with that content, you're able to change um, the professional trajectory of individual. The idea behind the creation of every module we have and everything we're going to create, and there's going to be a series of them, in the future is how do we create content that is accessible and is easily in, in, engaged with. Um, and so when you think about topics that are just boring and stressful and really have been monopolized by a handful, like financial literacy or you know goal setting and all this crap, like they're just boring and stressful. So if you can take them in a way and make them exciting and fun, then you're really leveling the playing field and you're providing access at a much larger scale. So that's kind of one philosophy behind, behind Upkey. Um, and then the, the second is um, just making sure that um, success and money and financial returns are results of doing something good. So if we look at our students and they are more confident and they are finding more mentors, landing more jobs, connecting with more opportunities, doing more projects, then we have kind of moved towards our goals. But if they're just coming and going through some form and sitting at home, hoping somebody calls them for a job, then it's just another job board. And it's a very 1.0 uh, way of delivering value, which there's plenty of it around. So we can clearly see the value that students are getting uh, from using a service like Upkey because it is really hard to stand out. I mean, there are so many applicants going for these jobs. And a lot of times, a lot of these companies, as you mentioned earlier, they only are recruiting students from these, you know, top universities or, you know, whatever those are. What happens to the, the other schools that have equally as great or even greater at times students by really working hard, wanting to stand out? So it's great that you're giving students opportunities to, yes, along with build strong resumes, redefine their skills, you know, be able to create a strong elevator pitch, create their personal brand. Those are things that are really, really important to students. So looking at the other side of this, you know, what Upkey offers uh, we understand you have relationships with these recruiters, with these companies. We'd like to hear about the value that they get from using a service like Upkey um, in recruiting diverse talent. Yeah, so um, the value prop on their end is strong, but it's going to be um, much, much stronger. So right now, we're solving a headache. And the headache is, I want to get access to more diversity, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so we're basically giving them an Advil and our Advil works better than other Advils because we have excited diverse pipeline of students. But um, the, to be politically incorrect, to, to really solve cancer, you need to help these companies change the way they're hiring and change the way they see talent. So the idea of see talent differently is what we're striving to solve. So I'll give you an example. So if you're a company right now and you want to diversify your pipeline and you want to get access to students from much earlier age and put your brand and what you have in front of them, then Upkey is a great tool because we are, you know, adding 10, 15,000 kids a month and we're growing massively and we just became number 24 top startups. We have all the check boxes for you to get to a diverse pool of talent. But where things will become interesting for us is as you start interacting with Upkey as a company, what we're able to do is we're able to start quantifying um, 
things like candidates grit or their personality and their skill set and help you create a better match with your company. The reason why that's important is because if we're able to do that, then we're completely removing the excuse of, well, I don't really want to hire from DePaul or Loyola or UIC and I need to go to Booth. Well, why the hell not? Because we're giving you an algorithm that finds you a better match and gives you their grit and resilience and their skills and match it with exactly what you want. So it, it, so that's a better way, in my opinion, to solve the diversity problem. Not to focus so much on the black and white, but focus more on how do we expand our reach and be able to get candidates that is truly valuable to the skill sets and the personality attributes that we want. You're really giving a platform to students that usually are underheard and not really seen. Students that are amazing, can do amazing things, um, just need an opportunity. We all need an opportunity. Uh, we all Absolutely. need a chance. Uh, so that's we good that you're really chance. delivering that. We'd love to hear some data on the virtual internship program uh, that you guys launched a few months ago as a result of the 2020 pandemic. Um, you mentioned that it did really well, had a lot of student participation. We'd love to just hear some additional details of what students were able to experience um, as interns. Yeah, so the the idea of, so there's there's two kind of offerings under the Upkey umbrella. We already kind of talked about products. You get a resume, a cover letter, you know, it's kind of like a quick uh, tool, if you would. And then there's the idea of programs. Now, the, the signature program would be this virtual internship program, which you just mentioned. We launched it in the summer. We heard probably from 10,000 students saying, we've lost our internship. We don't know what to do next. And so um, the summer was an amazing learning kind of environment for us. So we took a thousand students. So we essentially, it, it felt like we hired a thousand interns and we put them through a really amazing curriculum. And the curriculum was, um, why don't we think about 21st century skills like AI or uh, finance or leadership or communication, um, you know, career readiness. And what don't consulting and why don't we break it down into like eight weeks uh some data to give you um over 52 percent were first generation over 60 percent when minority um we looked specifically for students who have grit so if you like went to booth or like went to harvard and you had a job at mckinsey then mm-hmm. we don't want you you can just go somewhere else uh but if you're that like b student and you're a hustler and you want to get shit done sorry i shouldn't have swear but if you want to get fine. things done, then, then that, you know, Upkey is the right place for you. And VIP is a great experience for you. So we just opened it up again and we're hoping to help as many students as we can. I love uh, Upkey's like two-sided approach. You're not just focusing on getting the students career ready. You're also focusing on this changing how a corporation thinks, you know, yes. uh, going to DePaul uh, is almost like the same as UIC where we kind of have this idea where, we're not the target school that some of these corporations are looking for, but you're changing that on the corporate side as well, making the corporations reconsider, don't just look at a title, look at the students. And I really appreciate that Upkey's doing that, but then you're also preparing these students for that position. You know, you're, you're showing them before they get deep into a career, this is what it looks like, this is what an MPV looks like. And doing those small tasks uh, throughout that virtual internship program you know, it really gets that student ready, but it also connects these corporations with students who have that grit that you talk about. Exactly. Exposure on both sides. You're exposing these companies to students they need to see, and then also exposing these students to uh, lessons and, you know, opportunities that they also need. You know, we went from a couple hundred students to over 70,000, 
and it's mm-hmm. all been word of mouth. But in order for us to go from 70,000 to 7 million, we probably need better social media, better ads, influencers, people who have a national kind of presence. So um, we're always looking for kind of help and guidance. So to the extent you have folks on your radar that, that should be promoting this and should be on our camp, feel free to help us grow the message. Uh, you know, we've spent 99% of our budget in kind of like tech and building programs and things like that. We've gone like $200 on Instagram. So we want to do more kind of outreach and really blow this up and, and make it a national or an international platform. And so uh, any any ideas are welcome and please stay connected and we'd love to keep working with you guys. Thank you for listening to the In Their 20s podcast. For a full video version, please visit our YouTube channel. And for more information about Amir Bader, please visit our website at inther20s.com.